0: Amen. Thank you, Brian. Uh, this is, has nothing to do with the message, but I was just thinking as Brian was praying that God really does answer prayer. Did you know that? I mean, He just—he really does. Uh, we pray for uh, all of us here uh, by name many times. Uh, we pray for God to bring more into our fold. I pray that God will bring visitors to our Congregation. I pray that God will bring unbelievers to our congregation to hear the gospel. God has answered every one of those prayers today as I look across this auditorium. God is good all the time. God is good. Uh, For a minute, I just want you to consider the power of the universe and specifically the sun. And just think about this. The sun is 330,000 times bigger than the earth. You could put 1 million earths into the sun. The sun is 93 million miles away from us. It takes 8 minutes for light to get from the sun to the United States in just the right proportion to sustain life. That in itself is incredible the temperature on the, on the surface of the sun is about 10,000 degrees fahrenheit the core they say of the sun is 27,000 degrees fahrenheit now i don't know who's who's figuring that but that's what they say okay i just i'm going to take their word for it all right they're smarter than i am every second the sun produces the energy of 1 trillion megaton bombs every second every second it produces enough energy to power human civilization for 500,000 years one second that's incredible it has enough nuclear fuel to keep burning for five billion years now, I don't think God's going to tarry that long. I hope he doesn't. Okay, we'll never find out about that. I mean, the Bible says one of these days we won't even need the sun. Did you know that? The sun won't even be in existence anymore. But we know it'll last at least five billion years. So if he tarries, you know, we got, we got light for another five billion years. You would assume that the sun is the biggest star out there, but it's not. It's just kind of a, a medium-sized star, if you would. It's not... Not anything, just huge, I guess, compared to other stars. They say that there is between 100 and 400 billion, with a B, stars in our galaxy. That's just here. And scientists will tell you that, and I don't know how they figured this either. uh, They say there's about a trillion other galaxies out there. Now, just think about that. I mean, that is just, that's almost mind-boggling in it. That just, I mean, I can't, I can hardly get my mind wrapped around that. You know, we don't know how many stars there are. A four hundred billion in one galaxy, and then millions of other galaxies Maybe be tri- We don't know how many stars there is, but I know somebody that does. Did you know this? Just to show you how awesomely big God is. You see, Psalm 147 4 says this He counts the number of stars and gives names to all of them. Do you see how massive, how big, how awesome God must be? Because you see, something has to give those stars and those planets energy. Something has to empower those things. Somebody has to wire that up in the cosmos to keep them burning to keep them spinning, to keep glory coming to them. Where does that power, that awesomeness comes that keeps the planets in place, that keeps them shining, keeps them going, keeps them spinning without going all crazy and stuff? Psalm 66, 7 says says this, he rules by his power forever. Psalm 147.5 says, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. Revelation 19.1, Hallelujah, salvation, glory, and power belong to our God. Who empowers the universe? Who gives them the, the juice to keep going, to keep them in place? Almighty God. Think about that. Almighty God. Who spoke the universe into existence? Who spoke the trillions of galaxies out there into existence? Who hung the stars out there and he counted them one, two, three, eight hundred thousand trillion? And he came up with names that this is mind boggling. He came up with names of all of them. And I bet you if you would ask him today, you go, What's that one, God? He'd give you his name because he knows the name. That's how huge and how big and how awesome. God is that just, that controls this whole universe. I know it's mind-boggling. It is for me. And I want you to know that, that a God who controls all of that universe, all of it out there, fearfully and wonderfully made you. Did you know that? He fearfully and, wo- and wonderfully made you. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. He knows everything about you. This awesome, awesome God. He knows your thoughts. He knows your actions. He knows your desires. He knows your strength. He knows your weaknesses. He knows the hairs on your head. And he still loves you. Almighty God, the creator of all the universe, knows everything about you. He is an awesome, awesome God. This God of the universe who knows everything about you. The Bible tells us he provides for you. Did you know that he provides for you? He is patient with you. He gives you a pathway on how to live. He's given us a, 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 a book that tells us how to live. And this God, who is awesome creator of the heaven, says, I want to protect you. The God that we have come to serve today, he is holy, holy, holy. He is faithful. He's never broken a promise. He is good to us because he gives us mercy and grace when we do not deserve it. And this God that we've come to worship today, he is all-powerful. I want you to try to get a glimpse of how powerful he is, how awesome he is. In God's Word, 58 times, God is called Almighty. The definition of God Almighty is El Shaddai. El Shaddai means God Almighty. Fifty-eight times in God's Word, God is referred to as El Shaddai. God is all-powerful, and it points to His strength, and it points to His energy, and it points to His authority, and it points to just who He is. He is God Almighty. He is El Shaddai. Luke 1.37 says it this way, "...with God nothing is impossible." Let me, re- let me rephrase that. With God, nothing is impossible. Do you understand that? That is a promise that God has given to us. Jeremiah 32, 17 says it this way. He said, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing, he says, nothing is too difficult for you, God. Nothing is too difficult for you, God. You see, when, when life becomes difficult, nothing is too big for God in your life. When your circumstances kind of start coming in on you, nothing is too big for God. When your stresses, your finances, and your kids all of a sudden start coming in on you, and it doesn't seem to fit, and life is difficult, nothing is too big For God, When the stresses come, when the struggles come, when the sickness comes, when the sin comes in your life and you just don't know what to do, God's word says what? Nothing is too big for him. The creator of the universe that hung those trillions of stars out there knows exactly who you are and knows exactly what you need. And he, if you're one of his children, wants to provide exactly what you need when you do it. You see, why does he do that? We do, he does that because he is El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. What a promise that he's given to us. In Matthew nineteen twenty six, he says, With man, it is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. When you think you're down at the last part of your rope, nothing is impossible for God. When your circumstances have overcome you and you feel like you're drowning in the, in the rivers of life, nothing is impossible. When you, act, when you don't think God is answering your prayer, he just has a time frame, time frame for you and nothing is too difficult for him. Do you, do you understand that? If he can hang a, a tree and stars out there, I can promise you nothing is too difficult for him. What a great promise he has given us with that word. How can we know that God is all-powerful? How do we know that he is? How, how can we just put our finger on and say, yep, that's, that's the reason why God is powerful. I'm going to give you four of these today. How do we know God is powerful? He's all-powerful. We see it, his power, in creation. We see his power in creation. Romans 1, 19 and 20 says this that great great verse he says because that which is known about god is evident within them with his, is evident within you god put eternity in every person's heart god is evident in every person god's word says for god made it evident to them for since the creation of this world his invisible attributes his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. You see, God's word said, even if you never hear the gospel, if you never hear the gospel, he's put eternity in every person's heart. You can deny that if you want to, but God's word says it's there. And he says, all you got to do, all you got to do is see his power, see his divine nature, see his invisible attributes. And he's there. We see God's power. We see God's power by looking up. Into the heavens. I mean, you and I, can, we can do that every day. We can just look up and see God's power. I mean, just think about that. There's the sun up there going from the east to the west every day. That's a picture of God's faithfulness. We see the stars out there shining. We, 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 we see things out there that are a trillion miles away, and yet we can see them with the naked eye. You go to Zimbabwe and there's no lights in it and it's a clear night and you can just look up and you can almost touch the stars and there's a Milky Way right there and you can almost count the stars and you go, wow, somebody did that and that's God Almighty who put those up there. All you got to do is look up and you can see the power of God. We can also see the power of God by looking around us. Did you know that? Just looking around you. I mean the beauty of the majestic mountains. God did that. The, the rivers and the streams, God did that and the beautifulness of that. You can go to Niagara Falls and look at that or, or Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe and you can just see the water flow and, and the beauty of, of what he created. We can see the power of God by looking around us as, as the seasons begin to change and, and we begin to see the beautiful changing of the trees. Or in spring, as they come back to life. That's the power of God being revealed to us. And all we've got to do is look at it and see it. We see animals that, that God made, made an animal and He changed it and He gave different colors and different species and different, all kinds of different things. And all we've got to do, if you want to see the power of God, just look around and just look at the beauty of His nature. Look around and see the beauty of His nature. Man, we can look up and see it, see Him. We can see, look up and, and around us and see His beauty. And I suggest to you that we look within us to see His power of His creation. You and I were wonderfully and fearfully made by a holy God. Can you just imagine that if you just know anything about the human body and I don't know much, I'm learning more seems like all the time now. But just how it works and how all the organs work together. They all have a, a separate function, but they all work together to mesh and to make, make you alive and well. And, and you think, how do, how do I remember that stuff? How do I see that stuff? I've got ears to hear that stuff, and I can speak, and I, and I just look at, look at this body and look at your body and go, wow. That is amazing. That didn't happen just some big bang theory, boys and girls. That is God Almighty who knit you together just exactly how he wanted you to be knit together. And he gave you a personality and gave you characteristics. He gave you everything he wanted you to have. And yet he created everything and yet he knows everything about you. God Almighty who put the ring around Saturn 10,000 miles in diameter. Think about that, is the same God who daily paints a little picture on the, the, the back of the hummingbird. Or he devises different colors for the crepe myrtle that's in my yard. Or the lilies of the field as he paints different colors on them and gives them different sizes and shapes. That's God Almighty that's doing that. God Almighty is the one who holds this universe together. And yet, this is one of the most amazing things I've ever heard of. And yet, he's also put what's called the laminin molecule in our body. The laminin molecule in our body. Molecules are just little bitty things, okay? Molecules go inside of cells. And what he's done with this laminin molecule, this laminin molecule, scientists say, holds the body together, holds the cells together, and holds this body together so that you, 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 you walk around with an intact body. And it's all because of the laminin molecule that's in our bodies. And the beautiful thing about this, and this has just got God written all over this, is that little molecule, that laminin molecule that holds this body together and holds your body together. When you look under, under a microscope, It is in the shape of a cross. It is in the shape of a cross. The thing that holds your body together and my body together is the cross of Jesus. The thing that holds the universe together is God Almighty and his power and his strength. Do you see how awesome God is? He does all this because he is El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. Do you get that? I hope you're grasping that concept. It's, it's just, it's just mind blowing So we see him in creation. As we look up, we look around, we look within, we see his power that only God can provide for us. Nothing is too big for God, universe. Nothing is too small for God, the molecule. He's in control of all of it. What an awesome God that we serve. The second thing where we can see his power is his sustaining power. We've just talked about how he sustains the universe. He's the glue that keeps them together. He's the glue that keeps planets going around the sun. He's a glue that keeps asteroids from hitting the earth, if you would. He's a glue that keeps it all together. And we're so blessed by that. But you know, he's more than that. He is more than that. He is our sustainer for you and I. Psalm fifty-five, twenty-two says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He sustains the universe. He sustains his, his children, you and I. You know, he watches over us, does he not? He provides for us, he protects us. And it says, when we cast our burdens on him, He will sustain you. When struggles come in your life, when burdens come in your life, when hard times come in your life, when the rivers of life are starting to drown you, God's word tells us this. In in Psalm 46, he says, he says, guys, he says, I am your refuge. I am your strength and I am your present help in time of trouble. What a tremendous promise that is. He says, I want to sustain you. I want to keep you going. I want you to come to me and let me be your refuge, your shield, your protector. And when you're weak, he said, I'll be your strength. And when you don't know what to do, I'll be your present help when trouble comes. Therefore, that next verse says, do not fear. God Almighty, El Shaddai, Wants to sustain us. When, the, when that great man, King David, was, was dealing with the enemies of his life and they were seeming to want to come and, and surround him and take his life and, and just take away everything that he has. In Psalm 3, 5, he writes this. He says, I laid down and I slept. I awoke for the Lord sustains me. Psalm eighteen thirty five he writes again. He says, my right hand sustains me God's in business taking care of his people I like this one because we have some folks that are are getting up there with, with age Isaiah 46 4 says this I love this one even to your old age I will be the same and even to your graying years I will sustain you I have done it and I will carry you and I will sustain you and I will deliver you. What a great promise as we start getting gray hair. As we start, we've we lived a life glorifying God. We lived a life of obedience and he says, I'm not going to forget you when you get, get a little older. When your gray hair starts coming, you get a little slower and you can't go quite as fast as you used to. He says what? He said, I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to deliver you. What a great promise that He gives to us. Why does He do that? He does that because He is El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. When life seems to overwhelm you, I would suggest to you to write those verses down, Dirk. And just meditate on those verses that God's going to sustain you. Meditate on them, ponder those, pray those, stand on them and trust them. That no matter what's going on in your life, God says, He promises, I will sustain you during the struggles of life. We serve an awesome, awesome El Shaddai God. The third thing I want you to see real quick. We see his power at the resurrection of Jesus. We see his power at the resurrection of Jesus. By his power, he defeated death and took away the sting of death, did he not? With the resurrection of Jesus. We see his power when he he overwhelmed the decaying process. When Jesus was in that tomb for three days, did he decay? The Bible says no, he did not. God took that away from him. We see his power when when there was a heart that was not beating in that tomb that came to life and began to beat again. That's the power of Almighty God. God, we see his power when the eyes of the one Jesus who were closed were now opened. We see God's power in this lifeless body. But on that Sunday morning, that lifeless body came back to life. Hallelujah, he came back to life. We serve a risen Savior and we can see, we can see the power of God In the resurrection of his son. That is an amen if I've ever heard one. Amen. Because you see, without a resurrected Savior, we have no hope. We have no chance. We are hopeless. We are lifeless. We are dead in the water, if you would, without a resurrected Savior. But we see the power of God because God raised him from the dead. And one of these days, we're going to have a body just like Jesus. You see, Jesus wasn't resuscitated. He was resurrected. He was resurrected. He was given a glory and an eternal resurrected body where he would not have to deal with death again and sin again and pain again and struggles again. And the good news I'm here to tell you this morning is we too, one day, if you have believed Christ as Lord and Savior, you too will have the same body that Jesus Christ had when he arose from the dead. On that great getting up morning when the shout of heaven happens and the voice of the archangel speaks and the trumpet of God sounds and the dead in Christ are raised up first. He's going to take this old dead body, this perishable body, he's going to make it imperishable. He's going to take that old body out of that grave. He's not going to resurrect one person. He's going to resurrect millions of people all over this world. And if you've been born again, you're going to meet Jesus in the air. And your spirit and your body will come again, and you will be given a glorified, resurrected body just like Jesus. And the the Bible says we will be with Jesus forever at that point. Man, we see God's power in the resurrection, and we, as his children, will experience that one day. Hallelujah. One day. We see God's power, number four, as he transforms lives. As he transforms lives. You know, we read about the Apostle Paul. You know, he was the worst of the worst, was he not, back in his day? I mean, he was rounding up Christians and he was gonna make sure that they went to prison and make sure they never got out of prison. He was the worst of the worst and he thought he was doing God's business, didn't he? But one day God got a hold of him on that Damascus Road, knocked him down, made him blind, changed his heart and he went from the vilest offender that he called himself to the greatest evangelist we've ever seen in the history of evangelism. How did that happen? God transformed his heart he went from a sinner to a savior because of the power of God that transformed his heart. We read about the disciples who, after the crucifixion, what happened today? Where did they go? They were up in that other room, upper room. Oh, close the door, lock it, I don't want anybody to see us. I don't want. And yet, after the resurrection of Jesus, what happened to them? They left that old room and they spread out all over the known world, preaching the gospel. They went from scaredy cats to hallelujah preachers spreading the gospel. How could that happen in those lives of those 12 disciples? The power of God transformed them when they understood about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I thought of Stephen as, as Stephen was preaching the word and he, he wasn't a preacher. He was just a deacon. And yet they didn't like what he was saying. And they, and they took him up on a hill and they started throwing rocks at him to stone him to death. And he stood there and took it. And his last, one of his last words was, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He was just repeating Jesus, was he not? What gave him the power to stand there and said, I will die for the cause is because El Shaddai, God Almighty, had changed and transformed his heart from a hardened heart to a heart to love God. That's what happens. But you see, we can have other examples we don't even have to go to the Bible to see transformed hearts. Did you know this? At the age of 12, my heart was transformed when I accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Maybe, maybe when you got saved, guess what happened? Your heart was transformed. You went from a, a dirty old sinner to a saint and a child of God because he changed your heart. He changed your heart. He transformed your heart, you see, 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and behold, all things have become new. When you got saved, the Bible tells us you received a new heart. You received a heart transplant. Amen. You went from an old sinning heart to a heart that loves the Lord. You see, when you got saved, and when I got saved, he gave me a new purpose in my life. He gave me a new priority in my life. He gave me a new plan in my life and he gave me a new passion in my life. And it all centers around his son, Jesus Christ. We see God's power as he transforms people all over this world, taking them from a person who is who is headed for hell. And he changes their heart when they accept Christ as Lord and Savior. And now they're no longer headed that direction. They are now have a new plan in life and a new purpose and a new priority, a new passion. And they will be in heaven forever all because of the power of El Shaddai, the power of God Almighty. That doesn't happen without that. The Bible says if you want to be saved, first of all, the Father has to draw you. That's the power of God. And then the Holy Spirit will convict you and then Jesus will save you if you let it happen. If that's what you want, God will do it That just for you. Man, he is in the business of transformation, is he not? When we see his creation, when we see him sustaining the universe and sustaining his children, when we see the power of the resurrection, when we see lives being changed and transformed into into born-again believers, children of God, What's our response? How do we respond when we think of the awesomeness of God in His creation and how He sustains that and sustains us? And we see the power of the resurrection and change lives. How do we respond? Is it like, "Yeah, That's cool. Yeah, okay. No, that's not how we respond. When we come in contact with, with the power and the awesomeness of El Shaddai, and we comprehend that and we think We are, should be overwhelmed with the awesomeness of God. We should be overwhelmed with the reverence of God Almighty. The guy who hung it all out there and yet knows the little molecule in my body. Nothing too big, nothing too small. What an awesome God. El Shaddai, God Almighty. We should bow down to worship Him. That's our response. That is our response when we see how awesome God is. Revelation 1.7, the, the John the Revelator, when he came in contact with Holy Jesus, the Bible says he just fell on his feet, fell on his knees to worship. That's the response that we should have when we come and, and view and comprehend and grasp His goodness to us. That old hymn, we sung it today. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider the worlds thy hands have made. And then it goes on there and then it goes, how great thou art. How great thou art. That should be our response when we really in our minds understand who God Almighty is He's El Shaddai. Another response that we should have after we have come to worship and to praise Him, and I hope that's what we do every Sunday when we gather. That's my goal. Another response is it should affect the way we live. When we come face to face with awesome, mighty God affects the way we live. We don't have to be a people of defeated attitudes or down in the dumps or feel bad or feel sorry for ourselves. We don't have to do that because hey, God's word says you don't have to be that way. If we let God's word affect us how we live, Romans fifteen thirteen says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, your Holy Spirit wants to give you everyday joy He wants to give you peace every day. He wants to give you hope every day. Christians, you don't have to live defeated lives because you've got a a power source there that all you've got to do is plug in. Put put it in the plug and let God power you because that's exactly what that verse says. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the right and the privilege to have joy and peace and hope every day. Every day. Man, I would encourage you today that before you get out of bed or or just right after you get out of bed to pray, God, I need you today. God, I'm gonna ask you, would you please go before me before I ever get where I'm going? God, would you please stand beside me when I'm going where I'm going? And God, would you please be behind me protecting my back? You see, I don't wanna live today, God, without your power in my life. And, and as, as Christians, sometimes we kind of forget that. we got this on our own. But I believe God says, now plug into me. And I would urge you and encourage you daily to begin your day with that prayer. God, I need you today. I don't want it to go anywhere, do anything without your power that is in me. We can face today because of the power that God says I will give to you by my Holy Spirit. And the last one, real quick, I want to give to you. It affects the way we serve the Lord. It affects the way we live. And it will affect the way we serve the Lord. You know, the Bible tells us whatever we do, we should do it for His glory. Colossians 3.17. Whatever we do, we do it for His glory. And, and, and when we come and see El Shaddai in our lives and His awesomeness... It should affect the way we serve Him. If, if if we are singers, and everyone that sings out there, you sing it for His glory. If you teach, Jim, you teach for His glory and His power. When you preach, you don't preach in your own strength, you preach in His strength and His power for His glory. When you serve on a committee, when you serve, you do anything in here, you go feed the BCM. You're a part of a committee. You're on the finance committee. Whatever it is, you do it for his glory and through his power. You see, the Bible says, I don't forget. <laughs> God says, I will not forget what you do in my name. I won't forget the work and the love that you've shown my saints and what you've shown in my name. And he says, one day, all that stuff that you've done in my name, all that stuff you've done in my strength, when we, this old world is over and we are all gathered as Christians in the judgment seat of Christ, we'll be rewarded for everything that we did in the name of Christ. We'll be rewarded for that. That, that cup of water that you gave to that person who was thirsty, God says, I got that written down right there. I'll reward you that if you do it in my name. But Jim, if you teach in your own strength and your own ability, if I preach in my own strength, my own ability, if I just want to wing it, God says, "No, nah, that, that kind of stuff's not going to get it. That stuff's going to be burnt up. No reward there, Don. You see, it affects how we serve when we come in contact with Almighty Almighty God." Second Peter one three. I like this. I like this verse. Seeing that his divine power, God's divine power, has granted to us, Christians, everything pertaining to life and godliness. (laughs) you get that? Because of his divine power, us, Christians, he's given us everything that we need for life and a godly life. Everything we need, he's given to us because of his divine power. what a a promise that is now if you're not being born again if you're not a Christian that doesn't apply to you okay I I don't hate to break the news to you but it doesn't apply to you it applies to his children that we have everything we need in this whole world to live to live a godly life to follow after him because he has given us his divine power what a great promise that is God is El Shaddai is he not God is Almighty, there is nothing too big for him, nothing impossible for him, nothing way too big, nothing way too small. He's in control of all, he sustains all. We see his power in creation look up, look around, look in. We see his power as he sustains the heavens and the earth, and he sustains his children we see the power of the resurrection of Jesus and how he defeated death and swallowed up the sting of death and how he raised Jesus up from the dead that's, that's some power and how one day he's going to do the same to all of us who have been born again and we see his power as he transforms lives daily around this old world I'd like to see someone transformed today. That just make my day. And how to respond? We respond by worshiping Him. We respond by praising Him. When we do the very best we can to wrap our minds about how awesome He is, and how powerful He is, how big He is—hard to do, but we can still worship Him. You know, I. I I was praying this week and I said, God, I want you to teach me how to worship you better. God, I want you to teach me how to praise you better. And I think if he wants me to learn how to praise and worship him better, I think he wants you to do the same thing. I'm going to ask you to do that. Sometime today, tomorrow, sometime. God, just show show me how to worship you better. Father, show me how I can understand better your awesomeness, your bigness, your littleness. Father, show me how to praise you better. Father, show me how to live my life better. Show me how to serve you better. You know, we serve a God who is El Shaddai, God Almighty. We've looked at in the last couple of weeks that God is holy, isn't He? He is set above everybody else, everything else. He is holy. He is perfect. He is perfection. We've looked at God as faithful. Never breaks a promise. Never changes his mind. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He faithfully serves you. And what he says he will do, he going to do. We know that God is good. God is good all the time. Even when life doesn't fit, God is still good. We know God's got a great plan for our lives. God's got a great timetable for our lives. God is good. God is not your enemy. God is your friend. You need to remember that. Even when you walk away from Him, God still loves you. And today we looked at God as all-powerful, almighty, El Shaddai. When you hear that song from here on out, I want you to understand what El Shaddai means. It means God almighty we worship you and we praise you, God Almighty. Trish, as we begin our invitation time, I don't have guys spoken to you, but I want you to just contemplate, think about God Almighty and what that means to you. And have you ever reached a point in your life that you really want to worship God Almighty, that you want to live for God Almighty, you want to serve Him? If you've never been born again, I'm here to tell you God loves you. Jesus died for you. We're all sinners. We all need a Savior. I would urge you to come and and talk to me about about your salvation. Do business with God right now. You have blessed us today. So many visitors today. Wow. Worship Him right now as, as the piano plays. I would urge you to do business with God.